Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behavior, sleep, and more. Having children doesn't always line up with financial abundance. When you first have your baby, someone usually has to take some time off work. And as your babies grow, costs can mount up from things like dentists and tutoring to sport and music lessons. You may also be looking for more space. So how exactly can you manage your finances and thrive, not just get by? Effie Zahos is the editor at large of Canster and the author of Ditch the Debt and get rich. Effie joins us now. Hi, Effie. Hello, Siobhan. Look, I love the sound of that title, but I imagine it feels quite out of reach for many parents with young children. Is it fair to say that most of us take a financial hit when we start having kids? Oh, absolutely. They're probably the only one investment you jump in and um, you love to <laughs> see a return on kids. And I think I've said this to you before. I have two. One is 19 and one is 14. And, um, you know, hindsight's a lovely thing because I can see exactly what they've cost me. It's probably <laughs> best I didn't know that too much before I wanted to have a family before I realised really what we're getting into. I'm surprised anybody procreates personally. Um, But look, you know, obviously wonderful, wonderful to have kids, blessed to have them, of course. But um, it it is a hit to the, um, it is a hit to to your budget. I'll, I'll be completely upfront here. You can plan for most of the cases, but things do come your way. And, you know, you know, curveballs come your way. And it's a case of, how can you best manage those? Um, I mean, I can sit here, Siobhan, and say, look, you know, you must have a, a cash cushion, you need an emergency uh, a fund and you need six months of your salary in there. But let's get real here. I mean, times six months of your salary, have, have you got that sitting in a fund? No. <laughs> um, there's lots of things that happens when you have kids. And, and interestingly, we are having children later in life. And for a lot of us, you know, we're kind of set in our jobs and we've got a good income. But then, you know, it might be your peak earning years, but it's also your peak debt years. So it is a case of, I know this sounds so boring, but really when it comes to money, there's nothing secret about creating wealth or there's nothing secret about a perfect budget. You know, you either got to earn more or spend less. Simple mm. enough. And I can tell you what's a lot easier to spend less than earn more for most of us. And so that's a case then of, you know, what are you doing with your money? And the only way you can find out what you're doing with your money is doing a budget. Yeah, which everyone heard, heard that and went, oh, really? Isn't there an easier <laughs> way? Um, but I'm sure that that's part of what you explain in your book is, yeah. is how you actually set up a budget. I know that there are lots of apps out there. Is that a good first step? Um, it's interesting. We, I know, I know Cancer did a survey as to, you know, what's the best tool to do a budget. Um, and they found that the, the number one response was a good old paper and pen, which is nice to see. There's nothing wrong with that. But yes, there are lots of apps out there. And look, even if you're just looking to your own bank, they're going to have an app there for you. And, and I'll be surprised if you've not seen it in the sense, even when you go online to have a look at your, you know, your accounts, in most cases, uh, the bank will have like a tracker on there 
they're showing you all the expenses are going. But there's nothing wrong in sitting down and saying, okay, I'm going to put two hours away here and I'm really going to get to the, the bottom of where my money is going. And it's pretty easy if you work for somebody because you can go in there and see exactly what do I get paid each month or fortnight or week, however it gets paid. Write that down. Then because of this digital world we're in, everything's online. You've got a digital footprint. Print that out. Have a look at, you know, over a month, where did your money go? Highlight the things that are unusual or highlight the things that are repetitive. And that will give you a really good idea of your spending behaviour. And it might actually shock you when you see that because we often underestimate how much we spend or where we spend because it's all tap and go. Mm. Um, And this is a really good awakening to see, okay, this is what's coming out of my account. And then what I saw during lockdown in a lot of cases, a lot of people were starting to get very savvy with their everyday expenses. So so when it comes to to doing a budget, um, in the book I've got something called a bare bones budget. And so what that makes you look at is just stripping back everything. What are your essentials and what are your non-essentials? And if you're in a situation where you don't have like that cash count that I spoke about, you really need to do this bare budget for two or three months. It's going to be painful and it makes it <laughs> <laughs> I'm being honest. But it's just three months. Think of it like a ridiculous diet that you've got to do for maybe two or three months or whatever that may be, you know, a fitness regime or whatever that case is. In this three months, what it's going to do is set you up for the next part of your life and it's really important. So you break things down into essentials and non-essentials. Now, get rid of everything that's non-essentials and by that I mean take a look and see how many streaming services you've got. I bet you you've got at least two, maybe even more. You might have Stan and Netflix. You might have got rid of Foxil and thought, I've done a great thing and then all of a sudden you look and just say, oh, my goodness, I've got three streaming services now. (laughs) So get rid of all that and focus on your essentials. And this is what I saw a lot of people do during lockdown. They started looking at their essentials. We obviously need food on the table. We need a roof over our head and we need to be able to switch on the lights, energy to to, to, to live. So these reoccurring costs, can you do better? And it's why we saw a whole lot of people start swapping things, having a look at their home loans. You know, if you're paying more than 2%, you're probably getting ripped off. Your energy bills, have you looked at those? And a lot of people did. And they found that they managed to kind of accumulate some savings there. And in the meantime, while they've stopped the non-essentials, you filter that money into your cash cushion. And then over a three-month period, you've got yourself a little kitty there whereby if life does throw you something ugly, you've got that money to use rather than going back in debt. I mean, you can go back to your normal spending habits later if you like. Chances are what you find is when you get onto this bare bone budget, you actually do change your behaviour and you start thinking, well, you know what, I actually didn't need three streaming services, I only need two. You do change your behaviour. And in that process, is it um, is it worth having goals? Like are goals helpful in terms of, I mean, obviously you mentioned there having that safety um safety cushion if if things were to go wrong and of course that makes us all feel so much better should we also look beyond that to for example if someone doesn't own their own home or if they 
want to buy a car or those sort of more big ticket items. I don't even know if you call a house a big ticket item. Yes, yeah, yeah, those key milestones. I've got a chapter here on ticking off those key milestones because we are in a society where we want everything, don't we? We want good income. We want a house. We want to put our kids to the best possible education we can um, give them. And let me tell you, whether you send your kid to a private school, public school or Catholic school, whatever school you want to send them to, there is no such thing as a free education. Mm. Um, And the amount that, um, you know, you spend even on tutoring if you get to that stage as well is quite scary. And so, yeah, Siobhan, you've hit the nail on the head. It's these goals that you've got to set. You won't be able to tick off anything if you don't set a goal down. And it might be as simple as like, you know, I actually want to go on holidays when the international borders open. It might be that. You might want to grab the kids and the hubby or the, you know, the wife, whatever the case may be, and you want to get out of here for a holiday. You're not going to go anywhere if you don't actually sit down now and think, okay, to go on this holiday, I actually need $6,000. Okay, to get that, how am I going to do this? And I actually have a little savings plan just to show you that if you put it down on paper, it will show you that you need to save $230 per fortnight if you want to save $6,000 in 12 months. Wow. Yeah. So now that I know that, $230, well, how am I going to get that? Well, I'm going to have to cut down somewhere. Maybe I don't do pizza Fridays. That might save me $30 a week and then times that over. Um, you know, make your own pizzas. Probably won't taste as good, maybe, <laughs> if it's like me. But, hey, I'm saving that 30 bucks. It's that goal, putting pen to paper in the sense that I put it down, it's out there in the universe, and now I've got to follow it. So I do have these saving plans for all of them. Is it a holiday? Is it a car? Is it a house? Um, it may seem overwhelming, especially in this hot property market. But you can actually jump into the property market. There is lots of stimulus. There is lots of facilities and actual products these days to help you jump in. You just got to make sure that obviously you can handle the debt. You've got to secure a job. But um, there are plenty of people that have made quite a bit of opportunity over these past 12 months. And what if uh, you're in the fortunate position to have some funds? maybe not enough to get a home or um, might be enough to buy a car, but you think new car, is that going to help us in the long run? Maybe we can stick with our old car, but we've got these funds here. Um, It seems like a very difficult time to know what to do with money like that. And what would you suggest? Yeah, look, if you've got money to invest, and even over this period, um, some data that came out from Investment Trends showed 435,000 Aussies invested in the share market for the very first time this year. And it can be really daunting thinking about that. And again, there's a, a chapter in the book where I talk about fear of jumping in can be just as bad of fear of missing out. The two are both bad of each other. There's a lot of reasons behind why you may not want to jump in to invest and you might be quite happy to have your money just in an online saver. But I can tell you this, your money in your bank is going backwards and Mm. it's not going to do a lot of the heavy lifting. The interest rate on that is next to nothing. And if you've got time on your side, it's best to get educated and find out these investment strategies to get into or see a financial advisor. I really do urge people to see a financial advisor at least once in their life Um, or a robo-advisor. So I sit on the board of one InvestSmart. There are plenty of others like Stockspot, 
where they're kind of a cross between, I guess, a, a financial advisor. It's an automated service where you type in your profile and then it will give you some kind of ready-made portfolios. I liken this to like a pizza. So you've got a whole pizza and they've got different slices as to they've kind of made it all up for you with different investment assets. So it spreads your risks. Right. The beauty about today is that we do have a lot of opportunities to invest in. And um, it's a case of just getting educated. I mean, I know my son for the first time jumped in and invested directly his own pocket money into uh, some exchange traded funds. And if you don't know what they are, I get onto even the government website, moneysmart.gov.au and CanStar has a lot of information on that as to what they are. They track an index. So if you want to track shares or property, they're not a bank account. It's not guaranteed. But over the long term, the, the idea here is that they give you a better return. And he was so excited that he jumped in there, put his bank account money into that because he was frustrated by the interest he was earning on his bank account. And I guess it's these conversations that you can have with you, with your kids if you think they are ready to kind of invest somewhere else other than a bank account. Yeah, I I have a feeling our kids are, are probably a bit young for that. But um, <laughs> yours are very young, aren't they? Yes, they are. But then uh, when you said how old your kids were, I'm like, wow, that's how long I've been speaking with Effie. One's yeah. nineteen now. They were yeah, probably yeah. just starting high school when we first started chatting. <laughs> I um, well, look, I know that you've got lots more advice in your book, Effie. So although I have millions of questions, yeah. I think I might just go and read it. Uh, <laughs> thank you so much for speaking with us today. Pleasure. So look, you can do that. And also I do have a um, a budgeting, a free budgeting program that you can get onto as well on the CanStar website. And that takes you through your everyday bills and as to what to look out for and what if you're on the cheapest bills. So it's worth having a look at that. We'll definitely put links to that in the notes of this episode. Thank you, Effie. Thank you. That's Effie Zahos and her book is called Ditch the Debt and Get Rich and you'll find links to where you can get a copy in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.